This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of Kick-Ass International Thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time, and this is a Hack the Craft episode. And that means we have video for this episode, and you'll find the link to the video in the show notes. You can also find the video on Taylor's Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash taylorstevens. Yes, and the video is free. You don't need to be a patron to be able to view it. You don't even need a Patreon account to be able to view it. It's and the, just and the video taking... from past experience with these, the video is really helpful. It's it's there's a lot you get a lot more out of it from watching and listening than from just listening. But you'll get a lot out of just listening as well. And let me just say, for those of you who have heard Taylor do these hack the craft things before and said to yourself, Oh, my God, I would never send her any material and let her <laughs> lovingly eviscerate me like that. Guess who the subject is this week? It's me. <laughs> so so you better episode, be nice. <laughs> I will be so nice, Steve. So you all have heard, if you've been listening for a while, you've heard me harass Steve about the book that he's been working on. And he and I have worked together on it bits and pieces over, gosh, dare I say years now, Steve? No, not years, year. Uh-huh. So <laughs> he has gotten back into writing. I'm super proud of him for that. And because you harassed because... me on the last show and I had eight hours on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I really want to see this book finished. I'm excited for this book. I, I'm loving it. And so Steve had some questions after he had worked on it on the on the plane, and he was asking me about action beats. So if you've followed along for a while, you know that there's a hack the craft formula for how different components need to go in order to make sense. And when it comes to dialogue and character movement and character thought, and that order is thought, action, speech. And so in these instances, in this in this clip that Steve was working on, he felt that, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, he felt that his action beats, it was going action, speech, action, speech, because there wasn't a lot of inner dialogue going on at the time, were a bit monotonous or maybe not as effective as they could be. So he sent me his just, it was about 1800 words, give or take. And he said, can you look at this and tell me if there's something I should be doing differently here? And I, he highlighted out for me what, it, what in those 1800 words he was looking at. And I thought, you know, I could just help with those, or I could actually treat this piece as a hack the craft piece and work over whatever needed to be done with those action beats, but also whatever else needed to be done in the text. And I said, and absolutely not. I'm not going to <laughs> let you eviscerate me like that. <laughs> no, Clearly, I said, that would Steve be great. <laughs> not that much of a pushover <laughs> that I could just steamroll over him and get him to record it and edit it when he didn't want to. <laughs> 
So today we're going to be looking at a, a segment from his book, which I don't know if it has a title yet. The main character is Reggie, but I don't even think we see the main character's name in this section. And so I'm handling it a little differently than I normally would in the sense that typically I give a brief introduction about who the author is, where they are in their writing process, what specifically they were looking for me to help with, and anything else that the author was okay about or wanted to have put out on the air. In Steve's case, it's a little different because we all know who he is. We all know what he's working on. We know that I'm not going to be specifically helping him with what he asked for, although we will touch on that too. But also, Steve and I have had a lot of conversations about this book over the year. <clears throat> and so I also know things that he's interested in that we didn't specifically discuss about this. And I've also taken liberties with his character because I know the character uh, not as well as Steve does, but somewhat. And I know what he wants with the character. So as you watch this, don't feel like if I get your material to lovingly eviscerate, I'm just going to, you know, start intruding on your character's voice or anything like that. This is a little more personal. Steve and I have this rapport and he's seeing this for the first time. Like you guys are getting it at the same time he is. He has no idea what he's done. So what I've done with his material is I've, because 1800 words is too large to put into one show, I've broken it in two. So we've got part one and part two. We're only going to tackle part one on this episode. This may turn into a two episode show. I don't know. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the first uh, 800, 900 words as they are. And then we'll go in with my thoughts and comments and do it paragraph by paragraph as, you know, his original and then my fix, his original, my fix, and and take it from there. Are we good with that? I'm muting myself so that my gasps don't make it <laughs> onto the podcast. Yes, we're good with that. All right, we're good to go. Okay, so let's see if I can get this uh, document to do. We had a little bit of uh, technical issues getting started here, so hopefully we can get this all sorted out. All right, so here is part one. Um, and try and make it look decent here for the screen. All right, Sylvia Martinez was about a foot shorter than I am and looked exhausted, maybe mid fifties and attractive with long thick black hair and a no nonsense look about her. She tugged off a pair of rubber gloves to shake my hand and ushered me into a living room filled with boxes, stacks of newspapers and that styrofoam packing material that companies use to keep things from shifting inside of boxes. She was either in the beginning stages of a move or was in the process of clearing out memories. She pointed at two empty chairs and asked if I'd like coffee. No, thank you, ma'am, I said. Please let me express, my, express the condolences of myself and my family on the death of your husband. She grimaced. You and everybody else is sorry about what happened, but here I am by myself picking up this crap. Now, if you're following along visually, you'll notice that she grimaced is highlighted in yellow. That's Steve's highlighting. That was one of the um, places he wanted me to look at. So as we continue in the original, as we go, anything in yellow is his. As we move on to fixes or whatever, I took out his yellows and just underlined them because I use yellow for something else. So I just don't want there to be any confusion. So she grimaced. You and everybody else is sorry about what happened, but here I am by myself packing up this crap. She walked into the kitchen and returned with two thick mugs of steaming coffee, one of which was for me. I guess I did want coffee after all. Thank you, I said. It looks like you're moving. What can I do to help while I'm here? Her eyes narrowed. 
her eyes narrowed is also a highlight, Steve highlight. You're the one that works for that horrible man. If you want to help, you can tell me he's not going to sue me now. I wanted to tell her there was no way Charles Rudd would come after her or the estate, but the man was a wild card, and I wasn't about to lie to a woman whose husband had just been murdered. I couldn't see him taking out his frustration on this woman, but I didn't see him as the type to get so irrational over having a baseball card, albeit a valuable one, stolen. I don't have any information about that, but as I said on the phone, I've got a few questions. She took a sip of her coffee and sat down in a comfortable armchair. Fernando would never, ever knowingly sell anyone anything of value that he hadn't authenticated himself. That man, that red, I could kill him myself. Fernando was sick about it, sick. The anger in her voice sounded real. That must have been very stressful for the both of you. I expect Mr. Martinez had his own theory on what might have happened to the card. Oh, yes, he thought Rudd was a fool who'd allowed someone to walk out of his million-dollar, I lost my place, his million-dollar estate with a million-dollar baseball card, and he was trying to take it out on us. Million-dollar estate? More like a $30 million estate. But why quibble about a few million when Mr. Martinez might have been right? Do you know whether or not your husband spoke with Mr. Rudd recently? She appeared to think for a moment before answering. She appeared to think for a moment before answering is another of the action beats that Steve highlighted out. Rudd left some messages at the store, which really upset Fernando, but he didn't mention that they'd actually spoken. I'm guessing those weren't dinner invitations, right? You got that right. Mostly threats. You'll be hearing from my lawyers, that kind of thing. I told him to ignore the man, but he was worried sick. And then, and now, he's still going to go through with it, isn't he? That's why you're here. I sure hoped he wasn't going to go through with it, but I wasn't in a position to speak for Charles Rudd. No, ma'am, that's not why I'm here. I'm only trying to find out what happened to the card. I can see that you're busy here. I'll get right to it. I'm looking for records from the store, sales records, employment records, that kind of thing. She seemed to consider my request for a moment. She seemed to consider my request for a moment is another beat that's been highlighted out. Then nodded towards a hallway. Fernando brought all his records home a year or so ago when our youngest left for college, set up a home office in the kids' game room. Any chance I could see them? She crossed her legs and looked around the room. That's another action beat that got highlighted out. She crossed her legs and looked around the room. I can't think of any reason why I should let you, she said. I looked around the room. Another, that was another action beat. I looked around the room at what was going into the boxes. She wasn't moving. She was retaking her home. The things being packed were pictures of sporting events, framed jerseys, and I lost my place again. Framed jerseys and other memorabilia. The kind of things that could drive a non-sports fan crazy. I was beginning to like this woman. I'm not looking for anything to hurt you, and I have nothing against Fernando. I'm just trying to figure out what happened to that card. You're positive he had nothing to do with the card going missing. It's possible the records you have can help me prove what did happen, and we can eliminate Mr. Rudd from your list of worries. She appeared to search my eyes for a moment. That's another action beat. She appeared to search my eyes for a moment, and then turned away. Her gaze on an empty box in the middle of the room. She said, do you think you can find out what happened? So those are the first... 800-ish words that we're going to work with. And now we're going to break those down paragraph by paragraph, and I'm going to give you my thoughts, and then I'm going to show how I would rewrite the various um, Can I Before, you, before you go away yes. from that last paragraph, I want to ask you a question, because this is yes. something that I wrestle with, and I, as, as you're reading this and as I'm looking at it, I can see 
that it's a problem because it's in, it's in there twice in about 800 words. So the last highlighted thing there, she appeared to search my eyes for a moment. I, I default to that because of what we talked about so many times where he can't know what she's doing. So I say she appeared to search my eyes as opposed to she searched my eyes. I and think I it's have two instances that you... of that in there, yeah. and it seems awkward to have two in there that close. But I'm just telling you and the listeners out there why I have that in there. But I think it's brilliant that you brought that up because when I saw these, I knew exactly why you had done them because of those conversations we'd had about not being able to read other people's minds. So since you brought that up right now, I'm going to... Let's start with that before we even get into the, the next of this. Here we have, she appeared to search my eyes for a moment. But this is a visual element. This is something that the character can actually see for himself. So the, the words that I had said that I used that were my magical, when you need to explain what's going on in another character's head, but you couldn't because you're not that character, was... It appeared as if, or almost as if, or she did this as if, because then you are um, you're putting your the point of view character's opinion onto emotion, and it's now your point of view character's point of view versus mind reading. But in something that's visual like this, the character can actually see what the other character is doing. If I search your eyes looking for something you know that's what I'm doing. You can guess it, that I'm looking for something, but you know I'm looking you in the eyes. So you don't have to say she appeared to search my eyes. And it's interesting because you you hit these things here looking for not being able to read the other character's mind, and yet there is a spot in here where you did read the other character's mind where that would have actually been the moment to do it. Mm. And I don't no, I don't remember now at this point if I just deleted it or kept it in, but hopefully we'll hit on that. So we'll touch on this more as we go along, but I think that's brilliant that you were aware of it and also that I knew exactly what was going on <laughs> when I saw this. And I was actually planning to discuss this, so that's really, really cool. Okay, so here's our part one edits. Sylvia Martinez was about a foot shorter than I am and looked exhausted maybe mid-50s, and attractive with long, thick black hair and a no-nonsense look about her. She tugged off a pair of rubber gloves to shake my hand and ushered me into a living room filled with boxes, stacks of newspapers, and that styrofoam packing material that companies use to keep from shifting inside of boxes, keep things from shifting inside of boxes. She was either in the beginning stages of a move or was in the process of clearing out memories. So the first thing I highlighted out was the I am in Sylvia Martinez was about a foot shorter than I am. I think that really should be a foot shorter than me um, to keep it grammatical. Now, I get my knuckles ruler slapped on grammar all the time. I could be wrong. But just for flow, I think that's where we go. And right after that, it says Anne looked exhausted. So one of the things that I find um, improves in the editing process, like, you know, books are, good books are not written, they're rewritten, they're edited, right? And this is the type of stuff I'm looking for in my own editing process, is keeping all the elements together. So here we have a description of Sylvia Martinez that starts with her being about a foot shorter, and then it breaks with, she looks exhausted, and then it goes back to an actual physical description of her saying, maybe mid-50s, attractive with long black hair, whatever. So we want to try and order 
these elements so that they all stick together. And so I've highlighted out in gray and looked exhausted because it is interrupting the flow of the elements. And we're going to look for another place to put that so that we don't lose it because that's an opinion about this character, but we, we don't need it right there. The next thing is there's a lot of look. She looked exhausted, had a no-nonsense lo look about her. So I've hi highlighted out this no-nonsense look to see if we can find a better word so that we don't have uh, um, too, too much of that. The next thing is she tugged off a pair of rubber gloves to shake my hand and ushered me into a living room filled with boxes. Now, on first read, that completely works. It's a great visual image of her tugging off a pair of rubber gloves. It can stand as is. It doesn't have to be changed. But if you really think about it, we're not actually in the moment. We're just explaining something that happened because it's, it's all blended together. She tugged off a pair of rubber gloves to shake my hand, but she's not actually shaking his hand. She's just tugging off the gloves to shake his hand and then nothing happens. So she, she chugs it and then what, right? So those are the really tiny little things that, that most eyes will just go right over and it's not a big deal. But if you really wanna get it accurate, we need to change that to where she tugs off the rubber gloves and then shakes his hand or offers a hand in greeting, which is what I went with, it doesn't have to be the right thing, doesn't have to be that, and then ushers him into the living room. So that it's actually a sequence of motion, not a sort of blended picture of something that happened before the motion kicks in. Um, I highlighted out boxes because they're used, the board is used twice in a couple of lines apart. So a living room filled with boxes to keep things from shifting inside of boxes. So we're gonna try and work with that to um, not have the redundancies. Um, I highlighted out the word styrofoam only because it is a uh, trademark thing. It ha it's supposed to be capitalized, but sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. Uh, for the longest time, dumpster had to be capitalized and then that expired and now it no longer is. So I'm just highlighting it there to point out why it um, is being changed, uh, but I don't know necessarily that I'm right. And then another thing that I highlighted out in here is where it says stacks of newspaper, sorry, stacks of newspapers and that styrofoam packing material that companies use to keep things from shifting inside of boxes. Well, I'm really big on removing redundant words. And one of the biggest filler words that will clutter up a manuscript is the word that. So I like to go in and highlight them and say, does this read the same? if the that is removed. So what would happen if we said stacks of newspapers and that styrofoam packing material companies use to keep things from shifting inside of boxes? In my opinion, we don't need the that. So I read it out and we don't, we're gonna get rid of it. So moving on to how I would write it, I also added a, um, a description. When we look at the description of Sylvia Martinez, we've got maybe mid, uh, shorter, right? Maybe mid fifties and attractive with long, thick black hair and a no nonsense look about her. But what's the deal with her hair? Okay, she's in there, um, you know, she's got gloves on, she's clearly packing. And any woman who's had long hair knows that that is 
it's like wearing a blanket when your hair is down. And when your hair is down and you're all busy, like packing, you're going to look a mess and you're not going to look no nonsense. So I threw in a little detail just to solidify that image. And here's what we've got. Sylvia Martinez was about a foot shorter than me, maybe mid 50s and attractive with long, thick black hair pulled back in a ponytail and a no nonsense air about her. She tugged off a pair of rubber gloves, offered a hand in greeting, and ushered me into a living room filled with boxes, stacks of newspapers, and mountains of that styrofoam packing material companies use to keep things from shifting during transit. From the looks of things, she was either in the beginning stages of a move or was in the process of clearing out memories. Here we go. She seemed exhausted. So I took that one part that was at the top that was interrupting and moved it all the way back at the bottom to close out the opinion of Sylvia Martinez that kind of bookend it. And also I added from the looks of things because the original said she was either in the beginning stages of the move or was in the process of clearing out memories. But that's, those are not the only two possibilities of what this could have been. So we want to give the character a little more flexibility and so and that this is his opinion, not a fact. And so that's why I added from the looks of things. Is and that so the mind reading that, thing that you talked about earlier? Um, I didn't even think about that necessarily. Uh, but yeah, that could that could qualify as that. And so we just want to make sure that we are we just the more you give the characters opinions that this this is the character's voice, it the more it really feels genuine and not like you're just being info dumped on. And this is too small to be an info dump, but it's just over the process of an entire manuscript, that type of, uh, I don't have the right word to say it, but that very firm, this is the way it is, um, it, can, it can start to feel very heavy handed. And by adding little tweaks like that, it can give it a more um, casual air. And this is more of a casual book. So that's why I did, did it. Here's the next original section. She pointed at two empty chairs and asked if I'd like coffee. No, thank you, ma'am, I said. Please let me express the condolences of myself and my family on the death of your husband. She grimaced. You and everybody else is sorry about what happened. But here I am by myself packing up this crap. The first thing um, I stumbled over was this sentence, please let me express the condolences of myself and my family on the death of your husband, because it's a really long, it's a tongue twister. Um, and the next thing I stumbled over was she grimaced, because I don't really think that grimaced is the right word that we're going for here. I think giving her an action beat before she speaks is perfect, but I think we could find a better word because grimace is like, um, it, it, it comes with a connotation of, uh, disgust or, um, pain. And so we'll see if we can find something better. And then as I was working it over, I realized that th this, this type of dialogue, no, thank you, ma'am. Please let me express my condolences. It is, it's filler, really. It, the dialogue specifically, the words that are being used are not critical to moving the story along. It's just something that happens. So what I'm trying is to continue the 
sort of the explanation, the way it was all discussed, you know, she offered a hand of greeting, ushered me into the living room. I'm going to continue that style through this sentence. And it doesn't mean this is how it should be. This is just, it felt a little better to my ear. But if Steve thinks like, no, I want that dialogue there, there's nothing wrong with the dialogue. The only thing we would want to do is maybe try and tighten up that sentence a little, that there's not so many words, but it still conveys the same thing. So here's where I went with it. She pointed at two empty chairs and asked if I'd like coffee. I declined and offered sincere condolences on what had happened to her husband. She scowled. You and everybody else is sorry, but here I am by myself packing up this crap. And I just felt that it, it gets, it's going to get us to the point a little bit faster that way. Small things. She, here's the original again. She walked into the kitchen and returned with two thick, smug, two thick mugs of steaming coffee, one of which was for me. I guess I did want coffee after all. Thank you, I said. It looks like you're moving. What can I do to help while I'm here? Her eyes narrowed. You're the one that works for that horrible man. If you want to help, you can tell me he's not going to sue me now. So here's what I've got first. Um, I highlighted out the word walked. She walked into the kitchen and returned with two thick mugs of steaming coffee because it's, it's a visual image. She scowls at him and then she walks into the kitchen. So there's something missing between that, that we just, it just like might need a couple of words to try and keep the actions consistent. Uh, otherwise, it's just this very abrupt thing. I guess I did want coffee after all. I love that. I love it so much because it's Reggie's voice and it's kind of sarcastic and funny. I feel that by having it in the same paragraph as her walking out and returning, it steals the power of it. So I grade it out, which is usually me saying this should go somewhere else. All I want to do is move it one line down, just so it stands out on its own. Now, once I move it and it stands out, it might not actually belong there. Maybe it belongs on this line, but it's one of those things that I was like, it's so awesome, it needs to be by itself. The next thing is, thank you, I said, it looks like you're moving. What can I do to help while I'm here? And I read it out, it looks like you're moving. And I did that for two reasons. The first is that he'd already in his thoughts, a couple sentences above, said either she was moving or she was um, packing up memories or whatever. But also, it's sort of a, um, a stating the obvious thing. Like, she just said, if you want to help, you know, no, she said, if everybody's, everybody's sorry, but here I am packing, you know, these things up by myself. So we don't even have to say it looks like you're moving. It's just like this elephant in the room. So we can get rid of it. And if he said, thank you, and what can I do to help while I'm here, that would be enough. I'm going to tweak it a little bit. By taking out the moving, I'm going to try and, and make the dialogue flow so that it attaches one thought to the next more clearly. Her eyes narrowed. You're the one that works for that horrible man. If you want to help, you can tell me he's not going to sue me now. So I feel like that's a really key part. It's, it's a, that's a plot point right there. And I want to I think it, it could be worded a little more strongly, a little more clear. I want to play with the dialogue a little bit. And I also highlighted out the word man because it's used a bit coming down. And so I want to see if we can, I don't know, just have a little bit more variety in the, in the language that we're using as we go. So here's where my, um, 
fix went, which actually it should be bolded. I, had, I goofed up a lot doing this. I lose my place in these sometimes. So, um, yeah. She turned and left me for the kitchen. So instead of she walked for the kitchen, she turned and left me for the kitchen and came back a minute later, excuse me, with my typos for those of you who are watching, and came back a minute later with two thick mugs of steaming coffee, one of which was for me. I guess I did want coffee after all. I thanked her and nodded toward the boxes. I can help while I'm here. So what he's doing right there is he's acknowledging what she just said about packing this stuff all up by her own, on her own. But he's doing it in such a way that he's not repeating information. Her eyes narrowed. She scrutinized me like I'd suggested we go rob a bank. You want to help me, she said. Tell me that awful man you work for isn't going to sue me now. So what I did with that there is gave, um, okay, we already know that there's, from, from the little that we've had so far, the little interaction between the two characters so far, we know that there's not necessarily animosity between them, but there's no real room for friendliness. So he's making her, he's making this gesture to help. I can help while I'm here, this mess that you've got in your room. And she's going to look at him like, really? Because she's going to react. It's going to be more than just um, more than just words. And one of the things that Steve had requested was, is there something I can do to make the action beats stronger? Well, here we go. Instead of just saying her eyes narrowed, now we give the um, the main character who's got an opinion on what this woman is narrowing eyes are doing. He's just given her this vile suggestion by offering to help. You want to help me? So this is a rewording of the original, which says you're the one that works for that horrible man. If you want to help, you can tell me he's not going to sue me now. So it's just it's giving it more, um, I guess, taking it into how we would really speak uh, a little less formal uh, and and not in such a way that it sounds like you're explaining something to the reader. So that's why I did this. And Steve can put it all back the way he had it before, and I won't be offended. This is just my way of doing it. All right, Taylor, we are up against a timing deadline for the podcast, so we're going to have to have an awkward pause here and say thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, we can say that the entire episode is going to be available on video, and it's already available on video at Taylor's Patreon page, so you can see it all there. And again, you don't have to be a patron to see it. It's, it will all be there uh, for podcast-only listeners. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back with the second half of this next week. Thanks so much for being with us, guys. And we already know what you're getting next week. So you can either hop over to Patreon and see it now, or you can be back with us next week and I'll see you there. <laughs>